0: Welcome to Fireside with VoxGig, a podcast for professional and aspiring public speakers. I'm your host, Richard Roger, the founder of VoxGig.com, an online community for speakers and event professionals. We're here to help you get the most out of speaking, organizing, exhibiting, and attending. In each episode, we sit down for an intimate fireside chat with people in the public speaking community to learn how they have mastered the art of getting up on stage and speaking in front of an audience. If you're an aspiring speaker or just want to improve your on-stage performance, this podcast will help you learn from some of the most accomplished and interesting professional conference speakers. And finally, before we begin, a quick shout out and thank you to SimpleCast.com, first and last word in podcasts, who have kindly come on board as our first ever sponsor. Today, I'm speaking to Christina Alden, one of our masterclass presenters who will be coming up in November. Christina has had an amazing career and has used speaking to found and make many things successful. In this podcast, we philosophize a little bit about the nature of speaking in the virtual world, about how a lot of us have ended up falling into speaking in many ways because we were simply asked to speak as an emergency. It's a thoughtful podcast, and I'm sure you'll enjoy the discussion as much as I did. Christina, welcome to the Fireside the Gig podcast. It is fantastic to have you with us today.
1: Oh, thanks, Richard. I always enjoy chatting with you. It's good to get together today. Hello.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. Okay, so it would be fair to say that you could do pretty much anything.
1: Oh, thank you. If
0: anyone looks at your background, they're like, oh my God. <laughs> But we're going to talk about public speaking and we're going to talk about entrepreneurship and uh, a few other things. Yeah. But maybe just to set a little bit of context for our listeners,
1: mm-hmm.
0: can you do a sort of two minute history of my life? Sure.
1: I didn't take the straight and narrow path. My sister took the straight and narrow path. She's been one of those focused people. She always knew she was like psychology and human behavior was her thing from a teenager. She knew that. For me, it wasn't like that. You know, I studied chemical engineering in college. I had a scholarship. I went to an excellent engineering school. And then I decided, midway through that I was going to change and and go play in the rainforest. I was going to be a rainforest girl and I studied ecology and environmental sciences. That was my degree. I I really struggled through computers and and engineering. I just, you know, it wasn't fun to sit in those labs all day. And so I wanted to be out in the forest.
0: Now you run a software consultancy.
1: <laughs> and now, would you believe, I know, I with my own consultancy and then, you know, joining forces over at Arana Software just recently. And uh, it's it's amazing. I even had gone back to one of my college professors and I said, do you believe I own a digital advertising agency? I, I flunked your <laughs> class in computer. I think it was maybe a C plus C++ class. It's just. Oh,
0: we all flunked those. Don't worry. Oh, thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: That's the two minute version, you know, and, and now based out of Las Vegas, I, I do mentorship, training, speaking, and you know, of course, a lot of product launches, web design, marketing, brand strategy, kind of stuff for small businesses and for medium businesses. And then um, Jay, he handles the, the larger portfolio for a run of software.
0: So Las Vegas is, or was, the center of the world for live events mm. and conferences and trade mm. shows. What is it like these days?
1: 635 conferences a year. That's how that's yeah. how many we, we normally have. And I'll tell you, as, as much as I love speaking and traveling around the world, Richard, there's nothing better than just running down to the Bellagio for an afternoon, delivering my talk and coming home for dinner <laughs> with my kids yeah. and my family and still yeah. getting paid for it, you know. That's a really nice time. And and those haven't happened. They haven't happened in a while, unfortunately. Is it
0: completely gone or... People doing something? Our casinos
1: are open. We have some small group events um, that people are still connecting with. Arana, we we sponsor the local uh, local.net Vegas group here and they're still meeting virtually. I do have some women's entrepreneurship groups that are meeting in person though here and there. Yeah. They're practicing social distancing and stuff. Our our governors all did a pretty stuff. good job awesome. here in the state of Nevada of keeping keeping awesome. people as safe as possible.
0: The big trade shows that's all
1: It's all shut down and I I do miss my speaker tribe, you know, I mean, and, and we have Microsoft Ignite happening and online. I mean, when we're seeing these kinds of huge conferences, when these leaders, I think, start you know, slowly opening things up and setting that example, people are really going to kind of follow their lead. But until then, everything's going virtual right now. That's yeah. that's where the value is.
0: Are people using the facilities and the event spaces and then broadcasting?
1: Some people are doing hybrids here and there of yeah. their conferences. I've seen that be successful. Um, I just did a corporate event uh, in Sweden uh, last week, and they, they had some fun little engaging interactive things throughout to make the the virtual event a little bit more exciting that was pretty fun you know when you put in polls or you know little moving pictures and feedback mm. for the speakers um those those things were kind of fun virtual events are, are a little different I mean they're yeah. they're different and as if you're an attendee <laughs> and they're different if if you're an organizer I mean there's so much more work to go into them sometimes unless you have your system which most people didn't really have their process, you know, their virtual event system down because we were all just kind of thrown into it. It's quite a different world that we live in.
0: <laughs> it certainly is. It is. In some ways, you know, there is a silver lining and we don't have to go through the agony of, of business travel. But then, uh, you know, it's it's been a long time since I've been in Las Vegas. It's been you know? a
1: long time. I miss my speaker friends. Yeah. And, and I, I understand, like you said, there are, there are people out there who are really struggling and I, I don't want to want to diminish that, but there is, you know, I, I, you get into a routine a lot of times with, with your work and with your travel. And, and I'm so used to seeing, um, my conference friends here and there, uh, that I I do miss that socialization and and it's important to human behavior. No. And and
0: virtual events just cannot replicate that. You know, it's, it's, I mean, that's the thing that's missing, right? And that's why I have such a great deal of hope for the industry, because People have to meet a person. We
1: have to. And, you know, I think the things that you're doing with the live virtual and then you have an actual connection to the speaker afterward. Listen, here's one thing that you can't get. <laughs> uh, yeah. In person, right? Is you can't get an hour after the keynote to sit there right. <laughs> and have have the the speaker's attention. You just can't do that. They they need the room, right? People are lining yeah. up. Sure, you can go stand out in the hallway, but even then, there are people three, four, five, six, seven. There are other people standing in line. You can't just have an hour with what you're doing, and and we can talk about that a, in a moment. But you know the classes that you're producing. I just think the model. That's why. When when, when you reached out to me Richard I was in because I've produced a 24 hour virtual fundraiser event already i've I've spoken at virtual event I've spoken at a few user groups it's just not ideal and and when you can actually have access to the speaker and then have the time to have that discussion afterward that one-on-one the classes are not too large I think that's a, a good model to to help keep people engaged and, and get the value out of what they're looking for. Yeah. You know? And,
0: you know, people say that we'll go to this hybrid model mm. as things go back to some shape of normal. And I wonder, you know, yeah, I mean, that's there's an idea for somebody
1: uh-huh.
0: maybe next year, maybe the year after when they're starting to run conferences again. Yeah. Provide a physical space where uh-huh. if you really want to have a proper question and answer session with the speaker, how uh-huh. I mean, does it all have to happen in that sort of five minutes? Oh, you got to clear the room. I know. It's so frustrating. It really is. Why not provide a space? I agree. I mean, it's part of your speaking job, right? Is to turn up for an hour somewhere and then just talk. Yeah.
1: I've had a couple of conferences before where they did almost a Q&A where they'd have four or five speakers in a room and speaker round tables almost. So it was, you know, these four or five speakers are speaking today. And during this hour, if you'd like to talk to them and get some FaceTime with them, but still it was the same kind of thing where everybody's at a round table, you have five or six people, everybody's waiting their turn, they're waiting for somebody. And so it's, it's just a little different when you can jump on a zoom call you can have the content and then you can debate the content with the speaker. You can ask questions that are specific to your case or your work. You know, I, I think that's yeah. that's added value.
0: We are going to find out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the innovations that are going to come from all this because it's not going to be the same. The world of events is going to be different.
1: Already the communication. Don't you think the communication has shifted?
0: Yeah, yeah. It is a sad time in that we can't see our friends and and Mm. we can't connect in in the old ways, but it will be reborn for sure. Let us talk about you for a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Your speaking career. So Uh how Uh did you start speaking and how did you get good at speaking?
1: It's really interesting because... I'm really bad at get people ask me about uh, coaching them on, on speaking, and I'll, I'll take a couple mentees, or, or I'll do some one-on-one on co- one coaching programs here and there. Very specialized if people have a, a certain personality or a certain style, like I do. I don't know. When when I was younger, I was in things. You know, there were things, and I just remember participating at certain events or, or Girl Scouts or 4 H or. Things like that, where you had to present something. I remember being in in high school where you had to present a speech or... or and, and maybe there were groups of five people and they'd always have to say, OK, who's the spokesman for the group? And that was always me, yeah. you know? And so there were always <laughs> you these kinds of... Or, or were you pushed? I was always kind of volunteered, you know? And then what happened was even high school, college, I was doing a lot of environmental um, education kind of things, right? And so I would... You would have to stand up in front of the class and give instructions. I, I did an independent study for environmental education when I was in college. So again, there was this educational piece, you know. And it, once I had nonprofits in Las Vegas, I, I was co-managing director for for Girls in Tech Las Vegas. I, I sat on on many boards and, and different, you know, event spaces and, and stuff here in, in Nevada. And you're always standing up, you're talking, you're, you're introducing somebody you're giving. And then one day at the downtown podcast, um, you know, Tony Shea uh, mm. of Zappos, he, he brought Zappos downtown and, and created this whole community and, uh, the downtown project. And they had a, a podcast and one night I'm there in the audience, always, always the, the, the supporter, you know, always the fan girl. And so I was in the audience one night and they said, Oh my gosh, Christina, Our interview didn't show up. Do you want to do the interview? Do you want to come talk about girls in tech Las Vegas? And I was like, oh my gosh, we go live in five minutes. And they were like, Yeah. I was like, okay, let's do it.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay.
1: And so, you know, there was there was that kind of a thing. And I've always kind of had that sense of adventure and that kind of roll up your sleeves and see what happens and let's just dig in. And I did it. And then um, you know, I just started doing more of those with girls in it just was a natural progression for me sounds, and then i yeah. had to start charging people because it was so much yeah, there were so many <laughs> requests and that's kind of how it happened so some people that's a nice problem to you know have. I, my my first major talk my first like i did a conference for Sage one I, I did a little that was kind of my warm-up conference ever and then Right out of the gate, it was it was my TEDx talk. And so sometimes people go, well, how did you practice and how did you work up to it and everything? And I I say, no, that was actually the first real professional talk (laughs) I did. (laughs) So I, yeah. I, it's hard for me to, to tell people, well, this is the path you follow. And this is, I, I don't recommend you do that. I don't recommend you jump on to, to live TV or, or recordings or, or things like that on the fly. I don't recommend that your first talk is, is a Ted talk. I, I recommend no. you kind of work <laughs> up to those things, but um, you know, like I said, it was always kind of built in there for me here and there, and I never really minded it. So I, it was just a natural, I've always wanted to teach and pass on the knowledge and share. I think that's really what drives me and that it changes. It it really adds that purpose for me.
0: You know, speaking to so many speakers on this podcast, Mm. there are two kind of themes that that often come out. Yes. And I think they're they're true in in your case as well. One is that you're passionate about something or many things. Mm. Yes. The fear of speaking is kind of Incidental, because you care so much about a particular thing that you just Correct. get over yourself and you just do it. that's right for you that, that's the, the I think the volunteering and the right entrepreneurship and all that sort of stuff. Um, you founded a bunch of stuff, and we should talk about that in a little bit. and then the other one, which is which is really kind of strange is the accidental nature of discovering you have the skill. Um, you know this thing where
1: oh yeah,
0: somebody drops out and the organizer turns to you, and they're like, mm-hmm. well, Christina, can you save us? Yes. <laughs> And a lot of people, for them, that's sort of a transcendent moment where they're like, "Oh, you know what? I love this. I I can kind of do this speaking thing.
1: Yes. Yes. And and when I had to start charging, like I said, for me, it was so many people were requesting that you just, you can't, I, I would spend my whole entire day just walking around talking to people for free or, you know, spending my resources and all, you just can't do it for free. But when, when, I started charging. Uh, It was hard because even then I, you know, I was talking to my mentor and they were really, you know, trying to convince me of this value that I I need to be paid for my time. And I thought, you know, I do this for free, right? You know, I've been doing this for free. This is important information. I got to tell people and share it. Who am I not to share what I've learned? This is going to save so many people so much time and pain if I get this out. So it, it's kind of an interesting thing. There's this imposter syndrome that that creeps up when when it's an accidental thing. So, I mean, it's a blessing. It's a curse.
0: I mean, it sounds like there's a case to be made that people who, who, who have ended up in that situation where they're they're doing a lot of speaking or, or were or will again. But feel this imposter syndrome and maybe just start charging. Just Mm -hmm. start asking for money. Mm -hmm. You are worth it.
1: Yes. And again, you know, virtual events, especially right now, I don't think people understand that it takes a lot more energy. If I deliver and I haven't done a lot of them, virtual where it's where it's a one way live stream kind of thing and there's no chat mm-hmm. or there's no anything coming. It's very draining for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. its I'm I'm a person because I've, I've come into this so organically. I, I want warm bodies in the room. I want feedback. I mean, just just a couple of weeks ago, I was walking around the house now and imagine this again. This is a, this is a very vain thing to say. And I again, I, I don't mean to diminish Um, I understand that a lot of people are are struggling. But for me, uh, just the other day, I was going, you know, I miss feedback. I miss applause. I'm used to applause. (laughs) And I didn't really realize it. But, you know, it's been about nine months now that I've been in front of a live audience. Um, My last my last trip was Antarctica. And I went to Antarctic It was the first ever coastal wow. um, Antarctica waters conference ever. So I've, I've now spoken on all seven continents. That's it's, amazing. it's very, wow. very cool. Yeah. That cool. But that was my last audience is my last live live wow. bodies. And I, I, and I'm thinking, you know, I really paused to think about that a couple of weeks ago. And I thought, you know, so lucky. I I'm just so fortunate to have that kind of feedback to, to, you know, I've I've been for years getting on a plane every couple of weeks and then having people clap for me or or debate with me or yeah, great, tell me <laughs> the holes in my logic. I love that, and I'm really missing it right now. I've got my seven year old and my eight year old, and the feedback they give me is like, yeah. you know, "Mommy, I'm hungry." Or, "No, let's not do that. That's not fun. It's That's not fun feedback." Where's where's my where's my applause?
0: <laughs> is it going to be weird for all of us?
1: I think the gratitude, you know, just the gratitude is going to be great. Yeah.
0: When I was speaking, I kind of got to the point I was doing so much of it where you didn't even think about it. Mm. Right. it was like, I'll have my coffee, then I'll do the talk. Yeah. And then I go speak to some other people. And, you know, it's just the, the I suppose, familiarity breeds contempt. It's the
1: familiarity. I agree. Yeah. You,
0: you know, you didn't think of that. I mean, you might have had a little bit of an adrenaline rush going up on stage, but it certainly wasn't fear. But I
1: didn't really think about it. I didn't really pause and go... I'm loving this applause. I'm, you know, but it, it really was a couple of weeks ago, just thinking applause is a big part of my life. And I, and that feedback and how I work and how I, you know, people's questions, right, Richard, this yeah. is how I, I understand what my, my community is looking for and how I can best help them and how I can best serve them in changing times. And, um, I just, I don't have that right now. <laughs> There's no applause. I know. No. I
0: know. I, I, uh... Well, (laughs) I empathize because I I feel it too. Thank you. Let's talk about founding things because you've started a whole bunch of stuff, Mm -hmm. not just companies, but all sorts of things. And also how speaking has helped make those projects work.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because when I started speaking, I thought I had to be very professional. I thought I had to do the things. And I kept in the back of my mind going, I need to take somebody's program. I need to start researching this. I I have no idea what I'm doing. People keep asking me and I just keep standing up there and doing the things. And everybody had these, these processes and these, and I thought, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) So speaking was kind of a way for me to promote those projects. Again, remember, I came from the environmental education, the Girl Scouts, the the the, that kind of, you know, girls in tech Las Vegas, where I'm sharing information about programs we're doing in the community kind of thing or why it's important for to protect our water, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's where I am coming from. So I'm always using that platform to promote certain things that, that I'm doing in, in subtle ways. So it has helped if I, if I share a success story about a mentee that I've been working with for a few years, you know, if I share success with a client, how we, how we fixed their, their website, made it better for accessibility, you know, whatever that is, sharing those anecdotal stories about how I work and the success stories. But then also when I'm speaking, people can see how I carry myself, what it's like to collaborate with me, what it's like to work with me. And then the third thing is that when people challenge me or debate me, which always happens in Greece, by the way, which I love. Maybe <laughs> <They're Really>? always... <laughs> well, doing that
0: for 5,000 years or something. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly.
1: They're my people for sure. I love it. Arguing and food it's until 3am. It's, it's fantastic. I love it. Every time I go, my, my, my Greek tribe is great, but you know, whenever, whenever I, I get that kind of feedback, it is also very helpful for me because people can see what it's like when I'm challenged. You know, and I don't think people understand those those benefits of when they're speaking. When you're on stage, you are the authority. Uh, that just being on stage gives you the yeah. credibility. And then even when it's a good thing, if people challenge you, because then people see how you deal and respond with conflict. And for me, I'm fine with that because I'm fine with the way I respond. With conflict. I know I don't handle it perfectly every time, but in general, um, you know, I'm, I, I do a pretty good job <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm fine with that. It, it, it's helpful for others. It's
0: yeah. an interesting perspective. I, I never thought about it before. My um, previous company was a consulting company and having clients understand that they can work with you, um, and giving them a yes. feel for your personality and, and how yes. you deal with conflict. Must rapport. have been part of the reason for, for, you know, we we got so much business out of conferences cause we would go mm-hmm. and speak and then speak to mm-hmm. people afterwards. And it just worked really well. well that's what it season. is
1: because people go, I mean, I mean, you, you know, you've heard, you've heard things like, let's see, how does the conversation, Oh, Hey, you know, do you know, uh, uh, we're looking at for a front end guy over at, you know, where over at Twilly. I don't, I don't know. Let's say it's a, a comment, but, we know that the people at Twilio, they're, they're kind of all over, right? They're very personable. They've always got a booth. I'm always like, Oh, Hey, I saw so-and-so your other team member over at the last. And, and there's this, there's this connection, um, multiple points of connection because you're getting the booth, you're getting the branding of, of the sponsorship, you're getting the interaction with the individual employees. And then, you're kind of top of mind. Your company, your business kind of stays top of mind and, and people yeah. form that relationship with you and, and it, it builds, it turns into conversions.
0: And clearly that company cares about the community. That's and, it. And that's important, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Let us talk about this virtual event that we're doing, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be a, a good place to go before we kind of wrap things up. And as we've discussed, right, there's this challenge at the moment about how do you do communication when you can't do it in a physical way. Yes. And now we're experimenting with with this webinar format. I don't know about you, but I've been really frustrated with most of the webinars I've been to.
1: Yeah, you know, I even I've even if I've paid money, I will jump out. If if there is nobody manning the chat, <laughs> I I paid money for a, one day to attend a, a conference. I can't remember what it was, but they had, they had no moderators in the chat. So, you know, that's always going to be a a deal breaker for me. I'm, I'm out if nobody's going to be managing that. The other thing, I mean, there, there are so many, it's hard if you have a question and then there's, it's not being addressed, but I came here specifically for this question because this speaker is an expert on the topic and then I have no way to reach them. Okay, maybe I'll try on Twitter. Maybe it's a day or two before they come back to me. Um, By then the fizzle has kind of run out, right? The energy, the inspiration. So I don't know, even getting people in breakout rooms is a challenge depending on, on how they do it. So I really like this structure that we're doing because number one, it's not like an all day workshop. Okay, sitting in front of your screen. I mean, for me, I don't normally watch TV. So for me, it's kind of like watching TV, and I don't want to take a six hour, eight hour workshop just sitting there watching TV. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah, it's, it's not yeah. fun.
1: And so I, I like, first of all, that, that you decided to break up this model into a series. I love that. And then the other thing, like we talked about earlier, is that you, know, you get the content and you get access to somebody and you know that there's gonna be time for discussion, time for interaction. And then even after that, if you need more, You've got access to that instructor by email, by chat, by, by whatever for, for that four week period, you know, during, during that entire mastermind series. So I, I really like the model that, you, that you've come up with.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's kind of dive into how this should work. I mean, you've said when you have the chat session, but there's no moderator, that sucks. Mm-hmm. So what makes for a good chat session? What makes for good moderatorship? Let's kind of unpack that a little bit.
1: The way that I'm I'm doing my sessions and, and it's better user experience with EQ with emotional intelligence. So it's it's approaching the user experience from an emotional intelligence aspect, from emotions from start to finish from how the user is touching the product, engaging with the brand and, you know, with the business's message throughout the entire process. And what I think is important to make a successful event like that is a, like I said, we broke it up. So it's a a mastermind in four part series. It's not going to be too overwhelming. It's also um, set up so that while we're we're talking and we're presenting the information, we're going to take a couple breaks, take a couple polls, and then pause and go. Okay, what do we have up until now? Any questions in the chat? And that's when the moderator has their time. They, okay, here are questions. Here, if the moderator isn't stopping every, you know. 20 minutes or so to, to address those questions, you'll go an entire hour, an entire two hours. <laughs> and by then, um, your question hasn't even been answered and, and you're, it's physical, you're checking right? Your email. You're checking your email. Never mind. It's not important anyway, right? It's that kind of a thing. So that's important, taking those short breaks, I think. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean,
0: what I'm hearing is the moderator should make sure that nobody gets left behind.
1: Yeah, you yeah. know there are little things you can do. Wave the hand. Um, I've seen also speakers call out. They do things in in like certain community groups. They'll say, "Hey, get put in a thumbs up in chat if you agree." Yeah. you know those little put some emoji. Put a thumbs down if you don't agree. Uh, those kinds of fun things. Um, it, it keeps it engaging a little bit, but also the the questions, of course, in in the discussion. It can't be just somebody talking at you. There has to be a back and forth. There has to be more of a back and forth. If there isn't, then that's a really good indicator that people are distracted and they're not in the chat. They're half listening. They're not really paying attention. Yeah. Do you think
0: the the kind of breakout room format, how does that compare to the sort, of, sort of Slack chat format?
1: Yeah. When the breakout rooms are set, like I've seen it not so successful when there are you know 10 speakers and then 10 different breakout rooms go to this breakout room to talk to speaker a go here this link to talk to speaker b and then you click on speaker b and then there's speaker b just sitting there in an empty (laughs) video going hi hi (laughs) so how are you (laughs) and now it's this awkward direct one-on-one I didn't really have a question, but I wanted to come see who was in here, but nobody's in here. So i want to leave, but now I can't Can't,
0: leave. (laughs) That's like too much audience participation. It's too
1: much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it it works better if there's one breakout room and we go, who's got a question and we go question two, three, four, five. Okay. Question one, go to this breakout room. Question two, go to this breakout room. Question three, go here. Question four, go there. And then the content and the value is much more, and it's a direct specific question that each person has identified. And now they're going to gather around psychographics, around shared interests, around, you know, what's driving them to that question to begin with.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason why for this masterclass format that we're setting up here, that it's Really, a very focused yes on a single topic, and it's very, very much focused around the specific speaker. And there's
1: nothing worse than just you know buying something and then thinking that you're going to go in and you're going to learn something, and then they spend forty-five minutes on just basics. Yeah, and then even if you have deeper questions, you can't get to them and access them because the moderator's not set up properly, and then it's over. And you send them an email and then maybe you get a response (laughs) or you send them a Twitter DM and then maybe you get a response. But, you know, that to me is just minimum engagement. I want people to be excited about what we're talking about. I want to have phone calls after and text chats and emails and back and forth on Twitter. I I want that. I want the mastermind just to be the, the jumping off point, you know, to help inspire people and continue. That and 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 watch what we do with that innovative, uh, the ideas and the brainstorming and the creative problem solving. Yeah,
0: it's the discussion in the community, right? Is kind of created by the talks. Yeah, we're missing it. We're mourning almost for it because yeah, it's been taken out of our lives. That's right. It is a a, a shadow of the real thing.
1: Correct. It's an entire industry that that was really. You know, cooking, I think I think that's that's the thing is that the the conference industry that I had seen in in the past you know three, four, five years is really, really, yeah, everybody's gotten into their processes, their systems, the specifics, the niche conferences, and the communities internationally that have been connecting. it was really great. And to have that abrupt Cult, with no warning, with no anything, um, when you're so used to that inspiration and that steady stream of innovation. Um, it's, it's it's a challenge. Yeah,
0: it really is. When was that conference, that last one that you, you did, the uh, Antarctic Conf?
1: Let's see. Antarctic Conf was at the end of January, middle of January. Okay. This year, Antarctic Conf. Yeah, yeah, and I did the opening keynote for that one while we were just passing the Drake Shake, which is the most tumultuous waters on the planet. Oh, that's where all the crazy <laughs> winds
0: are and stuff, right?
1: And 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 very very deep, and they have this wow. these cross currents that come. So just as we were entering Antarctica coastal waters and coming out of the Drake Shake, that was that. was. So you can kind of see there is a video out there. I, I'm doing my I'm I'm standing close to the podium, reading my notes. And I, you can also kind of see me glancing out the window, too, because they say if you look at the waves far you you'll be less seasick so were you seasick giving the talk there's yeah. there's a video out there oh you'll goodness. you'll see it well <laughs> you'll see yeah,
0: it. you have my undying respect oh my goodness oh thank
1: you
0: <laughs> i have to take the uh, the pills and um the oh, right. my brain no mask, i so. still <laughs> took
1: the pills no trust me i i i still took the pills it was it was quite a it was wow. it was quite a scene yeah
0: that's a, a fabulous one to go out on
1: oh and totally worth it
0: totally worth it Richard thank you Christina this has been marvelous yes really really fabulous it is great to have you on and we will uh, very much look forward to November
1: yeah
0: that is going to be really fun as well
1: thank you so much I think it's going to be a great a great masterclass, and I, I am really glad to be included and and I appreciate your your time thanks for the interview awesome
0: Thank you so much for listening. Just a few things before the embers fade and we wrap up another episode of the Fireside with Vox podcast. You can find notes and links from this podcast at voxgeek.com/podcasts. We also publish a weekly newsletter on public speaking, selecting the best advice and techniques from some of the world's greatest speakers, both ancient and modern. Rhetoric is an old and revered art, not especially easy to master. But a skill like any other, and one you can also learn. Visit voxgig.com slash speakers to subscribe. If you've enjoyed this fireside chat, please consider subscribing to our podcast. Please also leave a review that helps us make this podcast even better. If you'd like to contact me directly, please email me, richard at voxgig.com. If you'd like to be counted as a supporter, just let me know and I'll add you to our supporters page. And one final reminder to check out our sponsor, Simplecast.com who help make this podcast possible. Till next time, remember, take a deep breath, pause, and step forward.